0: You're listening to The Grit Splits, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. Alright, welcome to the Grits Blitz. This is Mikey Puckett. I'm going to be breaking down some of our draft picks uh, that we made. So, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, surprisingly, to our, uh, to our surprise, especially my surprise, uh, didn't move up or trade up in the draft, but ended up uh, going offensive line. I guess that's not the surprise that they went offensive line necessarily, but I was a little surprised that they didn't trade up. But there is rumors and from what I'm hearing is that we attempted to try to trade up to uh the tenth overall pick, uh hoping to try to land uh, linebacker Devin White or uh, potentially uh, one of our defensive end defensive tackle prospects that we wanted to see go off the board uh there was you know there was available defense alignment defensive ends like Brian Burns at Florida State University available at the fourteenth pick. But I do think that picking Chris Lindstrom at guard, number 14, was a safe pick. Uh, maybe not the pick that we wanted to see, uh, but we, we did see that, the, uh, that we got outbidded for the 10th overall pick, and um, I'm glad that we didn't give away too much. Uh, there will be other opportunities uh, to pick up defensive tackles, um, defensive linemen uh, in future drafts, um, especially signing Jarrett, uh, that is a huge sign for us. Um, if we can uh, improve Vic Beasley and he can develop uh, again another year, add to his uh, um, add to his arsenal of moves, uh, that would be a huge plus. I think there's still a lot of growth uh, that can happen along our defensive line. I think there are also um, potential opportunities for us to sign free agencies. But like I said in the in the draft preview, that if we wanted to make some noise in the playoffs, make it to the playoffs. That getting a defense alignment in the caliber of Quentin Williams, in the caliber of Boza, in the caliber of Wilkins, in the caliber of of some of those guys like a Brian Burns, some guys that can immediately have an impact year one, it would have been of the utmost importance to try to draft one of those dudes. But I do think that selecting offense to offense alignment in the first round is not a terrible Uh, decision especially when you're thinking about the longevity of Matt Ryan's career especially when you think about uh, you know keeping your most you know precious possession Matt Ryan safe also when you you, when you think about that these guys are likely uh, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry are likely to be eight to ten year starters in the NFL that is a huge upside so we can't uh, neglect the fact and, and be totally upset that we didn't get a defense alignment, especially when you get two guys that are potentially going to uh, be great players uh, for us. And that a lot of um, draft uh, analysis and scouts have said that these guys are NFL ready today. Um, Chris Lindstrom bringing the most NFL ready, Kayla McGarry uh, needing uh, maybe a little bit of time, but that is awesome to select two. Uh, offensive linemen that are potentially going to help you year one on the line. Now, whether they have some growing pains or some concept pains and learning the, the concepts and the schemes and of the NFL, uh, that is to be determined. But with the 14th overall pick, watching Chris Lindstrom highlight tapes, this dude is going to be day one contributor. Uh, it does make the decision to sign um two guards uh before the draft a little interesting. Uh we did just let go of Husko. So you have Chris Lindstrom. People say that Chris Lindstrom can play tackle, he's athletic enough uh to play outside. Uh that would be awesome as well. Overall, though adding that depth to the offensive line is never a bad thing, but it is it is what we would call safe, um, maybe a little bit. Um and not and and, and to me it's it's not a terrible um terrible decision i think it's an average to above average decision to go offensive line it's it's never a bad idea and it's usually it's usually pretty safe and and you know you have jake matthews pick that was great and excellent so here we go with chris linchard and caleb mcgarry uh chris of number 14 caleb mcgarry at number 31 i did think it was interesting that we traded up for caleb mcgarry people uh were saying that we likely could have gotten them in the second round uh I don't know, though. I mean, you, you never know what is is being talked about. Um, but essentially, forfeiting our, you know, second and third round picks uh, to acquire him is, is something that is maybe we can we can question that tactic. Uh, and, and why did we have to get him first round? Why couldn't we maybe trade up in the second round? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but whatever it is, the uh, Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn felt like it was urgent enough to move up to try to snag him uh before before the second round. So we got Chris Lindstrom, we get Kayla McGarry. That is a good, good, solid, two solid picks. Maybe not the sexy picks that we want to see, like Calvin Ridley a year ago or the Julio Jones draft, or you know, when we when we selected like Vic Beasley, uh it might not be one of those kind of sexy first rounds, but it is one of those first rounds that maybe in the next few years to come that we would look back upon and say this was these were some good decisions uh, made by Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. Uh, so the first round, we go offensive line. I think a lot of people are really bothered by that. Fans are bothered by that because they, it was such a heavy defensive class this year. I mean, you had linebackers upon linebackers, defense linemen upon defense alignment, all going in the first 15 rounds, like essentially these guys, and then we come in and, and we and we draft uh, an offensive lineman. And so I get kind of where we we where we can see some frustrations uh, because of the kind of defensive classes that we haven't seen in years past, and here we are seeing this incredible defensive class come in. Uh, ready to go in the NFL, especially with the RPO offense catching fire in the NFL. NFL. You need these athletic linebackers. You need these linebackers uh, that can cover and play the run, and essentially uh, these these incredible linebackers that we need. And we need you need defensive ends that can uh, cause it. because what what essentially the RPO is doing is is they're not blocking the defense defensive end and they're playing based off the defensive end. And so you want these athletic defensive ends. Um, and and they're reading the defensive and you want these athletic outside linebackers that can that can cause a quarterback to hesitate that split second on his decision to either give go or pass and so those are the things why those positions have become so important in the NFL because the outside linebackers being read and the defensive ends being read by the quarterback and based on what they do is what the quarterback makes the decision and what results in, in being the play And so that's why you want a defensive end that can maybe crash on the run, but quickly recorrect and reach out an arm and have length to snag the quarterback as he pulls it away um, and be able to have the speed to readjust. And the outside linebacker that's able to come up for the run, but realize, oh, he pulled the ball, it's going to be a pass, and recover, drop back into his drops, drop his hips, have speed to recover, and then be able to defend the pass or or break up the pass or make a tackle on on the play um, downfield. So that's what you're kind of looking for. And so in this class, I agree. They were, those guys were available in full. And, and and I wish, in my personal opinion, I wish that we went after a Devin White. I wish that we went after a Quentin Williams. I wish that we went after a Boza. I wish that we went after a Wilkins and tried to beef up our defense because that has been the ailing problem of this team over the last, essentially under the Matt Ryan era, the problem has been the defense he has gotten zero help on defense we have been a middle of the pack to above to above average to elite on offense never below average on offense we've never been abysmal we've never been um, completely terrible and horrible even though last year we were like Steve Sarkeesian is is calling plays um and calling plays in a way that is essentially a formula, not calling plays to win the game. He has an equation that if he can get this amount of runs and this amount of passes, then likely we'll win the game instead of just going after the W. So we, even in that, we were still in the top 14, top 13 uh, offense last year, uh, and we were putting up some serious points. And so the, the issue has been the defense. And, and and having it, and if we can get to a top ten level defense, I think that we have an offense that will consistently get us to the playoffs and consistently get us wins in the playoffs and opportunities to play in Super Bowls. So I I understand that our frustration is that we didn't pick up a defensive player. I feel that I understand that, but at the same time, picking up Chris Lindstrom and Kayla McGarry is not a bad thing. It's not. It's not like we completely whipped on the draft. It's not like we went after quarterbacks or or whatever, you know, uh, a lot of teams like to do is go after a quarterback, um draft a bunch of quarterbacks um and running backs um that are you can sometimes be um bust. And so that so so we got these two guys. Um what I like about Chris Lindstrom is he's when I watch his highlight, his great feet. His feet are always moving, always moving. I love that there are plays where he uh in pass protection, is is uh, at times he chips and, and double on a guy and realizes that that guy the right tackle has and then he rushes back over to make another block on another guy. It, he's always blocking somebody. He's never just standing around. He's always looking to make a block. He's never taking a play off. Uh, he he's really tough. He's really aggressive. Uh, he I watched some of the Clemson tape. He uh, was able to go tat for tat uh, with that with that incredible Clemson defensive line. All NFL guys, all drafted. He went tat for tat, play for play with those guys. That is a great sign. We have a day one starter at guard. Boom. Awesome. Caleb McGarry. What I love about him is he is he is big. He is aggressive, he plays angry, he plays fierce, um, he plays um, with a lot of toughness. I think that he can develop into an incredible uh, tackle for us. Um, also, there's potential that he may play guard. But that's what you want. He has good feet, he's aggressive, toughness. I think that's something that's been lacking on our offensive line is toughness, aggressiveness, aggressiveness, um, and an edge. Playing with an edge and a chip on our shoulder. We should be able to run the football really well. We know in Dirt Cutter's offenses, he wants to run the ball. So is it surprising that Dirt Cutter, Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov draft two offense linemen? It's not surprising. Even under Dirt Cutter, that's what we drafted a lot too. Um, and Mike Smith, it's not surprising. We want to be able to run the football. So then we don't draft in the second round. We don't draft in the third round. But we do uh, get two round four picks. Um, at number 111th. we take Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State University. Watching his highlights, he doesn't flash as like an elite tackler and maybe necessarily an aggressive big hitter, but he is an incredible cover corner. I mean, he blankets uh, wide receivers. He plays the ball extremely well in the air. He has the ability to play really well. He is extremely fast and extremely athletic. Now, the my big problem is the tackling. That's something that we have an issue on, on Atlanta Falcons' defense. Our defense is terrible at tackling. Just watch us over the last few Under Dan Quinn, we have been horrific at tackling. I mean, I have been watching our team, and I cannot tell you how many times it's like, I don't know, a guy's wrapped up, getting pulled down, and we let go, and they break for another 5, 10 yards. I mean, those things are crucial, and, and we need a guy that can be able to make tackles but I don't mind the pick. Kendall Sheffield is he, he's he is a pro corner. He's going to play in the NFL. I think we did a good job. I think he's a good pick. I want to see him get better at tackling. Um at number 133rd, we take John Kaminsky from Charleston defensive end. Watch some of his highlights. He is pretty slow. Uh he is not very fast, but he's huge. He's a big, big boy. That dude uh is is really really big i don't know why we take him so early i mean it's one of those things where you could probably take that guy in round six um or around you know we didn't have a seventh pick but a seventh round pick but th- those are things that kind of go through my head is is this dude i think this guy it'll be interesting um but he is a big dude he does add depth to our to our d, our d line uh, I think that he is going to work really hard. I think he has a great motor. Uh, which What you like to look for on the defensive line is a guy, does this guy play from whistle to whistle? Does this guy chase the ball downfield? Does this guy, al- he's always chasing the ball downfield. Even if it's a deep pass, that dude is turning around and sprinting downfield. He's chasing quarterbacks. He's, he's he's has an incredible motor. He's relentless. I think what they need to work on with him is his speed and some of his um, moves. Um, his moves are slow developing and take a lot of time. I think at the D2 level at Charleston, I think that was fine um, because he was bigger and more powerful. But I think when you get into the NFL, I think you have to be quick and fast and, and, and a lot more um, athletic. I think that's something that can develop. Maybe they see that in him, that they can develop that in him. And then in round five, we take uh, Quadri Olison um Olison. listen. I I really like this pick. Um, I think this is, there's no, with Devontae Freeman and his injuries, um, with Tevin Coleman exiting, uh, you need to get a guy um, and beef up that backfield with Ido Smith. This dude is a big, bad back. I mean, he has, he is thick, he is big, and he has he has good speed. He's not like, he has doesn't have uh, burner speed. He doesn't have breakaway speed, but he has the kind of speed that's, Quick in, he's quick enough with his first one or two moves to create some separation and he has enough speed to hold that separation now when now he does get chased down he does get tackled we're not going to see this guy break off incredible um, runs unless they can develop that this year and get him like we're not going to see him break off 90 yard 80 yard breakaways unless they develop that in him and pick up his speed and that's something you can do and that dude has a big frame he has the ability to uh you can put some muscle on him you can put also you could also slim him down i mean th- he's very athletic watching him play he he is this is a very good pick i think we're going to see a lot of him a good portion of him uh this year year one and and we'll see what happens in the next few years with him um, but i really like him i really like his first f- few steps i like that he uh, falls forward i like that he drives his legs he does get sometimes shoestring tackled that bothers me a little bit, but that's kind of common with guys with long legs and big guys. It's hard for them to get their knees up, so at times, you know, an arm can come flailing out of a pile and, and snag him by the foot, and he trips up. But if he can work on a few of those things, um, work on his feet, um, this this is this guy, this guy, this guy's really really good. Uh, in round five, um, Hunter second overall, Jordan Miller, cornerback from Washington. I think this guy's more aggressive and, and, and plays a little bit more on edge than Sheffield, uh, so it'll be interesting to see him compete. Um, this this is really an adding depth to the cornerback position, especially um, with some of our guys exiting uh, this off season. So I don't I like the pick as well. Uh, he, he's a great cover corner too. He he does a good job. I think he, he will be a great. I don't know if he he's going to get a ton of playing time this year um, unless there's injuries. But I do think he's going to add depth in. Um, what i like to call it is he sets the floor higher so the bottom of our cornerback level is not as low as it has been before he he brings the floor up uh creating more competition which is always good um and then round six at 205th overall we take marcus green wide receiver at ul monroe this guy uh, is, is going to be a special teams guy this guy is is pretty fast um and he has a good speed elite speed I think we'll see him on the special teams. I think we'll see him this year and see how he can contribute. I'm excited about that. This pick as well, and maybe maybe we do. Maybe he works in a little bit at wide at wide receiver. Uh, we'll see that as well. But we are we are pretty. We have a lot of depth at wide receiver. So those are our. Uh, how many picks do we get? One, two, three, four. Five, six. Those are our seven picks uh, for 2019. I would I would say it's pretty. Pretty, pretty average, above average. Uh, I think we we fill some needs. Um, I still think the gaping need is our defense of line, uh, but I don't. There's nothing wrong with trying to build up your offensive line. I really like that. So that's the 2019 draft. I would like to change the subject a little bit and talk about our schedule. So our schedule came out and we have a grueling first half of the season you had the vikings week one eagles week two colts titans texans uh, cardinals rams seahawks and then we get into division play and this is so interesting i mean we essentially in the last uh, one two three four five six seven weeks we play we play six divisional games <laughs> and and i don't know if that's the nfl I don't know if that's them thinking, like, let, let's cr- create drama towards the end of the season where teams are playing each other, um, you know, back and forth, back and forth, uh, and and figuring out the division at the end of the year. Um, it's a really little interesting. Usually you start off with, like, a few divisional games at the beginning, and you close out the year with about three divisional games as well. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited what we see here. The thing is, is you got you got starting off Vikings and Eagles. Those are two teams that are... are potentially going to be playoff teams Uh, and then those teams are good good football teams you have Colts um, once again a playoff team last year uh, and and the capability uh, to do a lot of damage Uh, the Titans are not a pushover that team is not an easy win Uh, they're very good on defense Uh, they, they have talent on offense the Texans once again not an easy team to beat the Cardinals potentially that could be a good win Rams Obviously they made it to the Super Bowl. Seahawks not an easy team to beat. Saints not an easy team to beat. Panthers not an easy team to beat. And here are the Buccaneers uh, on November 24th. That team is going to be, I think, under Bruce Arians, they are going to be a lot better. Uh, That offense is going to be really hard to stop. I think this could be potentially the year that the Bucs uh, make a lot of noise in the NFC South. When I look at our schedule, I look how we drafted, I look at but we're returning, and I look at how we replaced Steve Sarkisian with Dirk Cutter. It's really hard for me to say that this team, this Atlanta Falcons team, is going to make the playoffs. I I look at the schedule, and and there's nothing. You're not to to make the playoffs with this schedule. You're going to have to have a good defense. You're going to have to have an elite defense a defense that can shut down incredible offenses like the Eagles and the Vikings and the Colts and the Texans and the Rams and the Seahawks and the Saints and the Bucks and the 49ers. I mean those are incredible offenses. I mean those are those are not easy teams to play. Uh, all those teams have quarterbacks, all those teams have guys that can move the ball, throw the ball. All those guys have good running backs and good wide receivers. I mean this is this is a problem if i if i am predicting what will happen uh this season i would predict that we go 8 and 8 again and and miss the playoffs um, or 7 and 9 miss the playoffs uh i think that if that is the result i think that you should and we should expect to see Dan Quinn exit as uh, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons which if we do go 7 9 8 and 8 i would hate to see him go because i love what he's done culturally but if you continue to miss the playoffs with a team and the talent that you have it just goes to show that it's not all about it's about who you hire around your team as well it's about who you put around your team uh like coach wise and Sarkeesian was a bad hire uh he was a risk he was a young guy uh who's only who who, who was in the uh who was who came from Alabama as a scout coach who also lost his job at USC uh for uh, re- reasons resulting with uh, alcohol and and you hire this guy and and he doesn't perform for two years for you guys uh this is this is one of those things and then you you go with a dirt cutter and we'll see if cutter has learned from his past i don't know i mean i think once again uh our offense will be very vanilla uh and, and for no reason it should be vanilla so th- that's some of my takes some of my thoughts on um on what i'm seeing uh i'm I am excited, though, to have a good offensive line uh, for years to come protecting Matt Ryan as he begins to take in, maybe uh, starts to enter into the latter parts of his time in the NFL, um, especially as he ages uh, to protect his body. So these are some of my takes. These are some of my thoughts. Um, We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everything you do for us, um, how you guys listen each and every time we put something out. It means a ton. Uh, So keep listening. Uh, Keep Keep rating us. Keep reviewing us. Uh, keep keep us in the loop. Reach out to us. Um, leave comments. Uh, we appreciate each of you. Uh, love each of you. Thank you uh, for this opportunity uh, to get to kind of break down um, one of one of my one of my favorite things to do. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Talk about them. So we love you guys. Uh, take care. This is the grit splits uh, signing up.